48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Bill Robertson. The top story is the District Court acquits seven people in one of the most high-profile cases linked to last year's anti-government protests. The Health Secretary says the government will stick with its policy of exempting some people entering Hong Kong from the mainland and the US hit a record number of new coronavirus cases for a second day in a row as the presidential race heats up. The District Court has acquitted seven people of rioting during a protest in Wan Chai and Causeway Bay on August 31st last year in a high-profile case which also saw prosecutors charging a social worker who urged the police to calm down. Francis Sitt has more. Tears and applause broke out after the ruling from Judge Sham Shiu Men, who had earlier withdrawn a rioting charge against Jackie Chen, a council member of the Social Workers General Union, citing the lack of prima facie evidence. Judge Sham cleared the seven other defendants, aged 20 to 27, saying the prosecution had failed to prove the offences beyond all reasonable doubt. In his written judgment, the judge said that some of those present on the night could have seen it as a rare and historical moment and wanted to witness it. The judge added that it was not wholly blameworthy for people to bring along protective gear in case of tear gas. Health Secretary Sophia Chan says the government is going to maintain its policy under which some people entering the city from the mainland are exempted from quarantine. Concerns arose after officials revealed that a man who was exempt was subsequently confirmed with COVID-19. But the government stressed that the trip ended before his incubation period. Sean Kennedy reports. The 44-year-old office worker is Hong Kong's first infection with no known source in almost a week. Officials later revealed that he visited Shenzhen between the end of September and early October and was exempted from quarantine on his return to Hong Kong. But speaking on a radio program, Health Secretary Sophia Chan stressed that the man's trip to the mainland happened outside his incubation period and officials are still tracing the infection source and his previous activities. She defended the government's quarantine exemption arrangements, adding that the mainland coronavirus situation remained stable. The minister also said Hong Kongers living on the mainland can come to the SAR without quarantine from next month, but there will be quotas when the measure starts. The National Health Commission has reported that the mainland had 33 new COVID-19 cases yesterday, up from 25 on Thursday. Of the new cases, 27 were imported from overseas. The Commission said six local infections were reported in the Xinjiang province. It also reported 30 in, 38 new asymptomatic cases, down from 53 a day earlier. China doesn't count symptomless patients as confirmed COVID-19 cases. The U.S. hit a record number of coronavirus cases yesterday for the second day in a row, topping 94,000 infections in 24 hours, according to a tally from Johns Hopkins University. The country, which has seen a resurgence of COVID-19 since mid-October, recorded 94,125 new cases, which broke the record of more than 91,000 cases set just one day earlier. President Trump and his Democratic rival Joe Biden have been campaigning in the Midwest of the United States ahead of Tuesday's election. BBC's John Sopel has more. Four days to go, and much as Donald Trump would like to see the COVID outbreak shrinking and disappearing in the rearview mirror, it's still front and centre. At this most critical moment in the election campaign, new cases are hitting record highs. Deaths are ticking upwards to more than 1,000 per day. Ditto the numbers being admitted to hospital. And some of the areas worst hit are in swing states, like Wisconsin, where this election will be decided. 
But the president is determined not to change course, holding mass rallies where there's no social distancing. Joe Biden is making a virtue, almost a comparison point, of holding socially distanced events with masks obligatory. Back locally, and the government is seeking LegCo's approval for another $3.3 billion to help it reach its target of building 15,000 transitional housing units in the next few years. LegCo had earlier given $5 billion for the government to implement a funding scheme to support non-government organisations building transitional housing. Writing on his blog, Housing Secretary Frank Chan said families in need are already moving into the thousand or so flats that have been completed, and the government has found enough land to build uh, a total total of 12,700 units. He hopes LegCo will approve the additional funding request, which will be discussed at LegCo's housing panel on Monday. You're listening to RTHK. The time is five minutes past one. Rescue teams in the Turkish city of Izmir are digging through concrete blocks in the darkness looking for survivors of the earthquake that struck in the Aegean yesterday. Twenty people are confirmed dead, as well as two more on the Greek island of Samos. BBC's David Bamford reports. Work is going on through the night in Izmir, whose mayor said 20 buildings have collapsed as a result of the earthquake. About 70 survivors have been pulled out of the rubble. Hundreds are injured. The magnitude 7 earthquake also caused damage on the nearby Greek island of Samos, where two teenagers were killed when a wall collapsed. The quake caused a sea level rise that sent water rushing through the streets of nearby ports. Felt in both Istanbul and Athens, the tragedy has created a diplomatic opening for the Greek and Turkish leaders, who held a rare phone call to offer each other condolences and support. The foreign ministers of Armenia and Azerbaijan have met in Geneva and agreed on measures to defuse tensions over the disputed territory of Nagorno-Karabakh, where hundreds have been killed in over a month of fighting. Mediators from Russia, France and the US said there was no new ceasefire agreement, but the two sides pledged not to target civilian populations. Growth in factory activity on the mainland slowed marginally in October but was still faster than analysts expected, signalling that the world's second biggest economy is continuing to recover from the pandemic. The National Bureau of Statistics said the official Manufacturing Purchasing Managers Index, or PMI, fell to 51.4 in October compared with 51.5 in September. Sports now and Wolverhampton Wanderers have moved level on points with Everton and Liverpool at the top of the table after a comfortable 2-0 victory over Crystal Palace in the first of the weekend's Premier League matches. Teenage debutant Ryan Aitnuri and Portuguese winger Daniel Poddens gave Wolves all three points at Molino. Boss Nuno Espirito Santo was happy with the win but can still see room for improvement. Yes, I think uh, we start well the game. We, we we start strong. We start creating unbalanced, balanced, and playing really good. Organized, not too many chances. Yeah, a good work, but still a lot of, a lot of things that that we have to to do it better. Manchester City take on Sheffield United, Chelsea visit Burnley and Liverpool host a resurgent West Ham in today's Premier League matches, with the Reds boss, Jurgen Klopp, still assessing his options in the heart of the defence, with Joe Gomez, the only recognised central defender available. We have still obviously um, other options like Hendo or Ginny or James um, or Robbo can play centre-half as well. Um, like They're all not smaller than Mascarano, for example, and he played pretty well on that position. 
FIFA's former Secretary-General, Jerome Valka, has been handed a 120-day suspended sentence after being found guilty of falsifying documents in a corruption case related to the awarding of television rights. The chairman of the Qatar-based media group, BN Sports, and president of Paris Saint-Germain, Nasser El Khalifi, was acquitted in a related case. The BBC's Alex Capstick has more. This is the first criminal conviction for Swiss prosecutors investigating FIFA's corrupt past, but it probably falls short of what they really wanted. Yes, Jerome Valka, the former second-in-command of football's world governing body, has been found guilty uh, for forging documents related to Italian and Greek TV rights for the 2026 and 2030 World Cups, uh, but he was cleared of more serious bribery allegations. Valka, who is already serving a 10-year ban from the game for ethics violations committed during his time at FIFA, uh, was also found not guilty in a separate case in which he was charged with aggravated criminal mismanagement. The prosecution team and FIFA uh, can appeal the verdicts, but there's no word on that yet. To tennis and world number one, Novak Djokovic has suffered only his third defeat of the year, losing in straight sets to world number 43, Lorenzo Sonego, at the Vienna Open. Sonego will face Britain's Dan Evans in the last four. Second seed and defending champion Dominic Thiem also lost, going down to Russian world number eight, Andrei Rublev. Rublev will face South Africa's Kevin Anderson, who overcame Daniel Medvedev for a place in the semi-final. To rugby and three sides are in with a chance to win the 2020 Six Nations. Ireland, England and France are all capable of winning the competition seven months later than originally scheduled. France hosts Ireland in the final match of the day. And to end the news, the top stories once again. The District Court acquits seven people in one of the most high-profile cases linked to last year's anti-government protests. The Health Secretary says the government will stick with its policy of exempting some people entering Hong Kong from the mainland and the US hits a record number of new coronavirus cases for the second day in a row. That's the news from RTHK. with a song, a theme song from a movie that scared the bejesus out of me when I was young. Here's The Exorcist.
Hi, I'm Phil Lam. Behind every social enterprise is a touching story and a lasting philosophy. A century-old Heritage Lodge educates visitors on conservation and the revitalization of historic buildings. A cafe that serves fair trade coffee creates value for faraway farmers. And a handicraft workshop can bring different ethnic groups together, fostering diversity and inclusiveness. Support social enterprises. Be part of it. Radio 3. Rolling right along here on Radio 3. Gonna get some stones, Queen, Fleetwood Mac. But first, here's Steve Miller Band, Abracadabra. Abracadabra. 